I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickard. And this is Dispatches, Dispatches from, from Fort Awesome, awesome a news, news radio, radio podcast. podcast. That's called Zoom Syncing. That's mm-hmm. what that is. That's With just... Jen on the ether. Hi. Hi, Jen. Um, and our special guest this week, I didn't ask him if I'm going to I'm gonna try and pronounce your name correctly, Greg Heshong. Is that correct? Or did I screw it up? You got it right. Yay. Look at, look at me. It's You, you see, so many people screw up. My... There aren't many that can do that, first off. Good. Well, same with my name. Right. Same with Alan's last name. We both have terrible last names that people screw up all the time. So, you know. It's a so, distinction. You know. They're, they're, they're the ones that are mispronouncing them. They're the wrong ones, though. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair. That, that is fair. Um, Greg, you were the director of photography for the first four seasons of news radio, except for the pilot. Is that right? Uh, that's right. That's right. I came in when, when it got the series order. Mm -hmm. And what I am curious, do you know what stuff on your resume was the, the, the stuff that made them want to have you on news radio? Uh, (laughs) Was that divulged to me? (laughs) No. I, my my guess would would uh, I mean I had done um, a number of projects with Jimmy mm-hmm. uh, Burroughs previously, so we knew each other. I did not know uh, I did not know Paul. Um, um, and I'm trying to think if there was anyone else that was connected with the show initially. That uh, you know I think primarily was based on uh, you know my work with uh, Jimmy previously. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, he, he, he knows who he's going to bring in for stuff to, to make it work. Well, I, that, no, let me, let me, I, I will, I'm, I'm forgetting one very important person and that was, uh, which I'm sure he weighed in, uh, was Roy Christopher, who was the production designer. Yeah. And Roy and I had done a number of projects and I, 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 I was a huge fan of his. Oh my goodness. The work that he did, I mean, not alone on this show, I'm obviously very sad that we don't get to interview him on this show, but like his, his entire back catalog of work was ridiculous as well. Like just so much work. Um, Roy, Roy was, was a a tremendous artist and uh, just a, a really down to earth, genuine human being and very perceptive um, yeah, he, he was, he was, uh, anytime I had a project that, and I had a number, uh, e- even after news radio, we did a, uh, a show called Becker together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was just terrific to work with. I loved his sense of humor. Yeah. I, 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 I sorry, go ahead, Alan. No, I was, I was just kind of wondering, uh, did you, were you always kind of at a young age looking at uh, uh, the feel of, like becoming a DP or is it something you kind of fell into and figured out you learned to love later? No, well, it, it all, <laughs> all wrote, well, I mean, I've got one of those classic, you know, film, I, having bought a, a, 
eight millimeter camera when I was 12 years old mm. and, you know, making little school projects and all of that stuff. But I had um, the other, I, I did become involved with theater. I did uh, summer stock and regional theater it, starting at the age of, what was I? I think the first summer, well, I was 16. Wow. Wow. And, you know, traveling across the country and worked uh, um, at the, the Great Lake Shakespeare Festival. I did a number of seasons with them, um, worked with some great people. So I'd had uh, it all, it, the confluence of events was on my theater background, the fact that I'd done, um, I'd always been interested in film and, and uh, did a lot of effects work early on. Mm hmm which came into play doing a, a show like news radio and <laughs> but not but something I, I can't imagine you would have expected because it probably just felt like for the first part of it, it was like oh this is just going to be your run-of-the-mill workplace sitcom but eventually they threw some curveball no I you know I, no I, I <laughs> would know? say no I didn't think it was going to be a run-of-the-mill no, okay uh, right out almost right out of the gate when I I had that sense when I first had, had, had talked with with Paul and Jimmy had kind of you know uh, filled me in a little bit and then like my conversations with with Roy there was going to be a sense of experimentation throughout this it, it wasn't a, it wasn't it was interesting because at the time I was doing also another show that, that was much more classically a, a sitcom which was family matters mm -hmm. um but also also it, there was a lot of inventiveness with that in terms of how things were staged and sure where we took ourselves well did i i saw that you had a lot of overlap of like uh, uh from like 95 to 97 you were working on family matters and news radio so i guess the question is did you have any free time during that period <laughs> or no no fair enough <laughs> But I, but I, I was, I was young and, 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 you know, just, I, I loved, I loved doing this. The great thing about this format to me is that it is, it's very much about film and cinematography and, but it is also theater mm -hmm. You're, yeah. because you were doing a, uh, a show that is from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I mean, as in single camera, which I've done a lot of, and I and had a lot of experience doing, you know, feature work with some really amazing people. I mean, getting the chance to work with Bob Fosse and uh, Sven wow. Nykvist, and uh, but this format is is a, really a hybrid. It's it's not only film, but it's also theater. Since Perfect Strangers already came up, or sorry, it didn't, but I wanted to mention Perfect Strangers uh, because I love that show. But since Family Matters already came up, did they, were they fully aware? Because uh, once you hit episode 50 of this show, there's a long stretch of a joke about Urkelbot, and you shot that episode. So did they know that you shot Urkelbot, and was this in any way a joke in your direction? It's possible. <laughs> it's, it, it's possible. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, that was a that was a great. Re there were a lot of great references within this within this series. I mean, Urkelbot being one of them. Yeah, that was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I saw that on your IMDb, I'm like, please tell me he directed Urkelbot. Please tell me he be or DP'd Urkelbot. And I was just so 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 excited to see that that you did. 
I okay. So this might be too nuts and bolts for some people, but not for me. I I am very curious as to how a DP's job functions. I've seen it on a film set plenty. Uh, and I've seen it at work. I've seen what happens when you've got to shift gears, shift from scene to scene on a single camera, anything, a movie or a TV show. I don't know what your job consists of and how it's co- and how it runs on a three or four camera sitcom. Can you break it down for us? Um, yeah, you're doing a lot of of planning, planning ahead, because once you get into doing the show, you're you know, this is back in the days when we actually could have an audience mm-hmm. reference to present time. <laughs> um, uh, there's, you're, you're not going to be changing from setup to setup. Everything is pre-planned. So um, I would, I would be uh, part of all of the rehearsals, and from that, and even prior to that, kind of second guessing where we're playing areas and and what might be happening so that I could start to rig the uh the the sets as needed especially if we had have which you're probably familiar with swing sets uh-huh. uh, that are not part of the pro- now once once a show it generally for me with a with a, a show that's gone to series by the time you get to and eh, maybe about the fifth episode you, the playing areas you you can pretty well guess where things are going to play out and make make uh, make plans for for the rigging of that mm-hmm. in terms of how it's going to be lit and and, and all that. Could you uh, did you ever have any trouble uh, uh, planning with the Andy Dick physical gags? Because I feel like those might have changed slightly every time. But I don't know. <laughs> well, it wasn't only it wouldn't only be Andy's gags. It, it was across the board. I mean, of course. This was, this was a show that was that uh, was a uh, boy. <laughs> it was improvisation time from mm-hmm. from the get go. I mean, we had and and you probably have talked with others. I mean, there there were some weeks where uh, we didn't really have a working script mm-hmm. until uh, we were damn close to camera blocking. Hot off the presses. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> It smelled a mimeograph. But, <laughs> um, but that was actually one of, one of the, you know, thankfully there were there were so many people that had had experience with this that you you could kind of dodge and weave mm-hmm. with uh, and uh, with with that sort of uh, environment. It, it, it was it was challenging but also uh, it was a damn lot of fun yeah did you so this is again back to the technical part though you are essentially having to if they go over here if they go over here you have to have all the lighting locked in though for a live performance is there much that you really get to shift at all during the actual recording in front of a live audience or is it locked by the time the cameras are rolling it's really pretty much locked. I mean, there might you might have uh, something called a pickup shot mm-hmm. every once in a while where you could, uh, you know, come in and, and actually work more off of the floor mm-hmm. because with with a with a, a multiple camera show, everything's uh, from above, which 
And actually, I, I, I would start bringing in some of the tricks I'd learned back and even going back to my animation days of how to make, a, a, make all four angles look really good and, right. and mm. consistent and that, that, and that you had a source, a sense of, and one of the great things with the sets that Roy had done, you know, window sources and mm -hmm. here's an exterior, it's day, it's night, that you could, you could work with that. One of the, the uh, tricks I think that I remember, I think it was with news radio, it might've been a little bit before I'd started experimenting with um, actually polarizing uh, light. Mm -hmm. So one of the banes of, of, of this kind of uh, production is everything coming from above, especially imagine a news radio set which you've seen <laughs> all of those desks and flat surfaces and paper and everything's come that reflects back and you could have it could it could look really reflective and and not create a great sense of mood and one of the things i'd done was was uh started polarize what's called the key lights which are the ones coming from the back, the three-quarter mm -hmm. back, and what the great thing with that would it would it would light your actors, uh, but it wouldn't allow any of the reflections off of the wow flat surfaces. Huh. So everything would look much more single camera-ish. Yeah, in terms of color. that's cool. Because I'd imagine yeah. white paper is very glaring otherwise. Right. Well, any shiny surfaces. Mm -hmm. but it, so that's, that's one of the things as, as a cinematographer. I mean, a lot of a lot of the times what you're looking to do is take away, not add. Mm -hmm. Oh, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of glass too. Oh yeah, a lot yeah of glass. Even, or at least plexiglass or whatever, you know. And I, I also it, it, this goes back to my theater background. Started um, previously experimenting with uh, their lamps called Lico's. They're ellipsoidal, and if you been around theater these are the if you look at a theater setup the lights there's way up high throwing a long distance but mm -hmm. they're very you can focus them very specifically so i could use them for things like either keys or eye lights or bring out something way upstage that maybe you couldn't get to yeah if wow. you were anyway so it was it was a challenge but a lot of like i said a lot of fun man that's it's it's just it's one of those things. This is like many parts of the art of making a movie or TV show. This is one of those that obviously, like most of it, has to go unnoticed and uncommented upon. It has to feel so natural, but there's so much work that work. makes it go into feeling yeah. like nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it exactly. just that's exactly. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why this, that's why I like the nuts and bolts of it. I, I would have no idea that polarized light would be the solution to not making it look like it's just a set. Because I mean, that that would that kills it. I think I feel that kills that reality if it's just a bunch of bouncy, crappy light. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you look back in in time, you go, I mean, you know, the multiple camera format is, has a long time honored history. You know, back to the Desi Desi Lou days. And, mm -hmm. But a lot of and that. A lot, if you look at some, they're very bright. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of them that are really bright. But part of that was initially um, a, a an approach to try to get everybody uh, uh, illuminated. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what happened to the set was sort of what happened to the set. 
Right. One of the things, one of the things that, you know, yeah, I, I love a sense of place and time. So if it is nighttime, it wants to feel the indoor. I mean, it's not bright. It's not all lit up. Yeah. So to be, to be able to be as specific as possible was one of the goals. Uh, I would love very much to know. So I had three particular episodes in mind that deviate from what I would consider the normal news radio look. Um, I'm assuming at least two of them Alan has already written down as well. But yeah, um, I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's space, there's sinking ship, a.k.a. Titanic, and then there's daydream, which has got, a you know, a few like where you're replicating dream the sequences. looks of dream sequences. Um, do any anything stand out from any of those because you had to change change it all up? You know, I'm not uh, uh, the your first two. I can I can pretty well recall this the space episode that was towards the end of one of the and and of course Titanic Titanic was just a all the work to put together mm-hmm. a daydream episode. Remind me of what. Basically, everybody's having heat-induced daydreams, and there are a couple moments. There's a, a, a there are a lot of horror film references, but then there are some very specific visual references that are uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Alien. Those yeah. are the two that look like all the red lights. All the and red lights. Joe's all sweaty. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what, what? Well, what I would do with that is sort of layer. I mean, we have, thankfully, even by you know, we're talking what was this twenty plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the things that that was really starting to be available to us technically was the ability to dim and uh, cue lights at, at on command, mm-hmm. like you would do in a theatrical production, which wasn't done that that much in in film. Um, well. To a certain extent, yes. So, what I would do with those episodes is to layer on top of what our existing um, set plan would be, and then be able to cue an effect mm-hmm. or a, a lot of effects, or change the look of a room. Mm-hmm. Did, what, did go ahead, Alan. Sorry, pretty consistently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know you said to uh, uh, like space and sinking ship or Titanic. You said it was a ball to work on. When you got the, do you remember when you got the scripts for those? Though, did you look at there and be and think to yourself like, how the heck? What are we? What are we doing? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> or were you just like ready? Like all right, let's just no. Let's just we do were this. doing news radio. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was. Um, no, I love I love the I love the conceit. Uh, right off the bat uh, and you know and then you can that's one of the great things about is is you let your imagination just go mm-hmm. uh, how practical i'm not really at the beginning i'm not really concerned with i i, I don't want to be tripped up by the practical mm-hmm. I, it's can you you can do pretty much anything really if you if you just let yourself kind of get into the, the spirit of the whole thing. I mean, it, I, what was that great old Orson Welles quote? Uh, 
something about you just get behind the camera and dream. I mean, something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It it should be like like with with performance. You want to be on in that place and try anything. And mm-hmm. this you'll throw this out. That doesn't. This does work. And 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 just keep keep going. Yeah. Now, what the 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 only thing that was really daunting was the schedule. It's the fact that you know you only had X number of hours to get all this shit together. <laughs> well, it's a quick decisions, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if everybody's on board with that, which the great thing about this show really that was kind of the way it was each week. Mm-hmm. I mean, as nuts as it was at times, um, there was a, it, it was like at this community of, of crazy players that were there to just create. Yeah. Is it, can you compare, do you have a, a sense of a way to compare the news radio to set to other sets that you worked on? Because there, everybody has a different way of expressing the weird kind of um, like school of uh, weird children that the writer's room was or that the set was a bunch of really nice family but still a bunch of weirdos I'm curious like how it compares to working on these other shows such as like other any I mean you know I mean to be fair you worked on a lot of stuff that uh, again Family Matters did have Urkelbot so it, it did it did take some weird chances but you worked on like let's say the George Carlin show one of my heroes is George Carlin. That's a pretty, I would, in my brain, it's a standard looking sitcom. I, in, in, in no insult to your work. It's just, it feels pretty normal. And I'm just curious how, well, how that, different no insult work. to my work and at, at, at no insult to George's work Absolutely. either. That was one of the, I mean, George was, was tremendous. I loved working with George. He had such, what a, a great take on life constantly. But uh, yeah, he kind of railed at the fact that this was, that the network and all that were, were trying to push this to be a, you know, more traditional sitcom plot oriented kind mm-hmm. of uh, setup. And George wanted to head off that the other way. Maybe I'm uh, even misjudging. Maybe you were just on a bunch of weird sitcom sets and you had to do a bunch of things where you were asked to take chances every week or at least pretty close to it. I, I I feel in a lot of ways very fortunate with the projects that I have, you know, by hook or crook or happenstance, whatever, been or reputation have been able to be involved with. Yeah, they've been. I mean, you take a show, <laughs> Urkelbot and Family Matters. Here's here's you think. Well, it's an ABC Friday night. It's a block of shows. It's all how corny could. But the fact that once once the thing really got its legs there were a lot of chances we did we did uh not unlike what we were doing at at, at times with news radio uh you know huge sets on stage yeah uh, at, uh, uh, a frozen lake uh being in an airplane on stage being on a boat on stage I yeah mean, but this took me back previously the first the first multiple that I shot did as a cinematographer and to this day i still feel an enormous affection for it was tracy ullman's first show oh yeah 
Mm-hmm. Now that was a friggin' pilot every week. Uh huh. It was. There was nothing. It, yeah, there were some <laughs> things we returned to, but we did these huge numbers. And the fact, one of the things that that I loved about doing this kind of format is the fact it's it's very much a nod to old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where once upon a time everything was created. If you had, if you were going to put uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren McCall at, at, uh, in, in Key West somewhere, you built all of that. Yeah. Go to location. You built it. It was, and I I was reminded back. I mentioned ha- having worked with uh, Sven. Uh, we did a, a film together called uh, Cannery Row. Mm-hmm. And this was when it was still MGM before, uh, I'm pretty sure before Sony bought a lot. <clears throat> but the whole, all of Cannery Row was on stage. Mm-hmm. It was a forced perspective. It was not only on stage, it was on two stages. And a forced perspective set that, that ran from one stage out, out the door into the next stage. And it was all boxed what? in and built. Oh my and God. anything wow. that happened, you created. If it was daytime, you may you create. If it was night, if it was raining, you created that. It whatever. Mm-hmm. It was so going into these these shows. I mean, that's why I I don't really news radio didn't wasn't really daunting. I'd I'd been there. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's what they needed. I feel like they needed people who could do run and gun if they had to, and therefore could could roll with it. As, as, they you know, definitely needed the, yeah. these but changes and no, these crazy schedules. Yeah, I, I, you know how much of that was actually in in people's minds. I, I don't know. It, sometimes you just end up with a production where all the stars align, mm-hmm. and it it's just um, you take off and enjoy the journey. I would love to know a bit about um, I don't know any, any any behind the scenes stories that you are comfortable telling. People will sometimes tell us stories. I'm surprised they want us to air, but you can tell us whatever you want. Um, but I'd love to know just stuff about working on the set and working with different people. I always ask about Phil Hartman because he's my hero. But anybody, oh, Phil, Phil and I got along famously. I, I love Greg talking with Phil and even, you know, off camera. I, actually, it's some, I've just been going through a whole slew of stills from, and I have an, uh, a lot of stills from backstage from uh, news radio. Oh, wow. Wow. Of, but Phil, <laughs> Phil was, Phil was kind of like they, uh, you know, in a way, um, I'm trying to think of what would be sort of like the the greek chorus in a sense on that on that said he would you know the commentary uh, from phil was was terrific mm-hmm. as we were as we were going through each week it's, it's like yeah he was um it's back backstage stories i mean well we've you've talked about kind of the, the craziness of, of getting each show together mm-hmm. um, there were there were a few Mondays coming in where uh, apparently there'd been a, a pretty good blowout party on stage over the weekend. Oh no! On the stage? <laughs> All over! Uh-huh, uh-huh. All over! 
I, uh, you know, um, just, just saying. <laughs> you come in Monday. Where do the cameras go? Uh, uh, what happened? To, where, where, where did all that furniture end up? Uh, oh no. Um, <laughs> On occasion, uh, mm-hmm. um, but it was all kind of in keeping with just the the, the band of merry pranksters that everybody everybody was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not every, I mean, you know. I, I might say across the board, but there were mm-hmm. there were a few instigators. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, I, sorry, please. No, I, go ahead. Uh I I had I, I had a thought about um, the the um, the space episode specifically. If I remember correctly, that's w- maybe the only outside of like having to shoot um, new season openers and or like episode openers and stuff like the credits. Maybe the only time you ever had to shoot outside, from what I understand, to like fake the planet Mars or something, there because there was a, a little person in a spacesuit, Vicky Lewis in a spacesuit, Joe Rogan in a spacesuit, and there's this whole like planet's surface that I think they said was shot in the lot, the parking lot outside. I don't know if you remember anything about it or if you even I, shot I, that. I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think you're, I think you're right. On, as I, we were at um, Sunset Gower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we went out. Boy, I, I, I probably on one hand I could count the times we went outside to do. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of them where it was um, walk where they were walking somewhere to a newsstand or something. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh, a, sp- a space newsstand on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. space newsstand. <laughs> Did you shoot, um, uh, Jen and I were talking about this earlier, did you shoot uh, any of the show, like uh, the credits, the opening stuff? I, I feel like the stuff was maybe no. stock footage on the pilot, but there was later on there was other stuff. What, did the opening, the, the show's opening with all the, mm-hmm. the cast credits? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I didn't do any of that. Where, where, uh, uh, Brelstein Gray or, or Paul or I, I don't know where the, where they pulled that from. I mean, it, it's a lot of just handheldy affected camera. Yeah, stuff. and that's what I figured. Um, uh, how about the ones later on where they mixed it up and everybody was doing stuff in New York City and dropping a bunch of weird stuff off the top of a building and stuff? Did you shoot any of that, or would that have been like a uh, another unit is just sent out to shoot a bunch of random footage? I don't recall that. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Because I know every once in a while, I think they, they're, Alan, am I wrong? One season, they there's like the opening is actually in New York. They actually did shoot. Yeah, that was in New uh, York. Yeah. Uh, season four. It would be yeah. each cast member in like the same doing location some... for a different episode, but doing a different gang in whatever sense. that location yeah, yeah, was. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I very quickly, this has nothing to do with anything. Well, it does because we're talking about space, but I'm going to very quickly just uh, see if I can do, 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 do. But there's Phil's suit from space. (laughs) Great. Look at that. It is my prized prized possession. Just to prove to you how obsessed I am with the show, that is my my prize. Nothing can ever happen to that. That is my. I don't know what. I can't think of a comparison. That's my holy grail. 
I'm, I'm glad it's in good hands. <laughs> in <laughs> or, in or parentheses, you're just thinking, what a nerd. This guy's the you biggest have, You nerd. have a time lock on the door there. And, <laughs> I sure. He has, a, he has a whole laser grid system. You know, <laughs> this whole room is a giant feet. safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of his ties up here, too. Um, but that's, that's for an entirely different situation. Um, Alan, do you have any other questions? Because I, I, I yeah. realize we, we went through a lot of mine. Uh, uh, yeah, I just just kind of curious. Do you of all the episodes? This might be hard to recollect, but do you have a favorite one you remember shooting, or some an episode that was more memorable than the others? <laughs> well, that I I you know the default. I, I think it have to be still going back to the Titanic episode mm. because mm -hmm. I'll tell you that of of <laughs> our sort of season ending episode for me that one just felt all of a whole everything worked on it yeah it inventive it was mm -hmm. uh, everybody on the cast was was totally invested in it and we just had a friggin ball as i recall at mm -hmm. least from my vantage point uh, uh doing it. i mean it was it was crazy nuts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of long hours oh, sure. i can only imagine imagine yeah doing doing the the final scene I, I can't remember it was it was well past midnight well past when we were doing like the whole tank oh right right oh, right yeah yeah did the, you get was the audience released at that point <laughs> you remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were that yeah i i mean some obviously some of that was there was a fair amount of pre-shooting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, sure. With that episode, and yeah, there was no audience. That was, and it's actually on another, another stage. Interesting. Oh wow. Well, you, just for the depth of it all, because sure. In order to, you know, at least affect the fact that you were out in the middle of the Atlantic and nowhere. That whole episode is very gauzy. I am curious how you, what you did to accomplish that look. Oh yeah, the sepia and the gauziness. Um, yeah, and I can't recall if I, um, some of it, some of it would be how I lit it, mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what types of units I would use and the, how those units would be gelled and, 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 uh, diffused, yeah, to create, you know, a sense of, in making that, that time passed and sepia that the the sepia we would introduce afterwards in post pulling mm -hmm. out some of the uh the, the color i mean i think i had might have even floated the possibility of doing some of that in black and white and tinting it at one oh point. wow oh wow yeah um but i would love to see that well yeah which you know by that time there was enough technology that you could actually fairly easily do that even having shot in in color i th i think the reason that passed by was just because of the time constraints right uh, uh you know we weren't doing a we weren't doing a a, a three-month feature right yeah how was it was it a typical shooting schedule for that? Or, I mean, obviously longer days, but was it just, did you just have the week to get that thing done or did you have any extra time to shoot the Titanic episode? No extra time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it looks really good. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, 
it was appalled doing it. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, <clears throat> you know, across the board, everybody was was on board. Being, the whole thing of of like when what was it when we went into um, what was the the sequence with with Joe. Uh, fire it was the boiler or mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean that was that was a, a whole collective effort well what if we do this and then and then you know right and, and turning that whole uh what was it the the restroom or the bathroom into a the boiler room That's, yeah and filling it with up to their chests with water yep yep wow. yeah we had we we had a uh we had to do a, a, a isolation tank to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actually you mentioned this. You mentioned the audience. I don't recall that we had an audience for that show. Okay, that so maybe that was just mm -hmm. all canned. It was or... All probably block and shoot. Interesting. Not recalling having an audience. Time I just long. remember. As you say, I just remember seeing that episode the first time and think it was brilliant and hilarious, and then seeing it later in life and thinking, "How the hell did they pull that off?" Yeah, wow, that was that was an impressive feat. Yeah, I know. I rewatched it today, and I'm still like, "No, <laughs> still looks good." Yeah, don't get it. Oh, you watched you watched the Titanic episode? Mm -hmm. I had to. I, I had I should, to. It's so good. I should look at that again. It was it wasn't Paul doing it. I mean, what I would like to see though is an HD transfer. I don't know who the hell we're gonna have to petition, but like I need this show in HD. It 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 honestly it's one of those shows. Some yeah, people it's not on Blu-ray. No, it's not on Blu-ray, and they 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 don't they do this with only certain sitcoms where they'll go back or like other shows. But like this is a show where it wouldn't be a waste of money. It's mm -mm. it it needs that. I want to see it crisp. Well. Uh, Keep those cards and letters coming, folks. Yeah, right. That would be. Uh, yeah, the fact is that it's com completely. I don't know who, who, where. Now the negative's not cut. It's not a cut negative because it was mm -hmm. all done, you know, transferred mm -hmm. to tape. But the negative, uh, you could go back, and uh, the, it would be a, a fair amount of, of logistical work to. Re, you know, conform a show mm -hmm. from, but the negatives there, and you could you could have a, you could put it up on the big screen. With, I know, with, you know, know. A, the right kind of transfer. I would love, I would love to see it. I don't know. I just that's it's it's. I don't know if Sony owns it still. Exactly, <laughs> that's the big thing. Yeah. But I, I will say this uh, at the very well. Eh, it's not the same thing. But one of my other favorite shows is the Phil Silver Show, and there were two hundred episodes of that damn thing, and they got it released through enough effort from a bunch of nerds. And there's a bunch of news radio nerds out there. I just need to find the right person to petition, and then we just bombard them. That's just. You know. Yeah, I, I and it, I don't know if it's Columbia. I don't. I don't know who has. The, right. Yeah, uh, and it keeps yeah, and it keeps I, changing right. hands too in terms of right. like who releases the DVDs and stuff. So it's like the the rights are very nebulous at this point. Yeah. I mean, it um, might, I, it's probably Sony is the one you you want to let's go get them. All right, all right. Thank you. I have your permission. I have Greg's permission. I'll, I'll, I will take that. I, oh. you, you, you do that. Uh huh. And, and, and I'd be more than happy to come in and supervise mm -hmm. the transfers. Please do. That would okay. be amazing. That would be amazing. I, Jason and I yeah. are gonna walk up to Sony and say Greg sent us. Yeah. And, and we're like, just gonna go from. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about. Um, this won't make any sense to you, but um, so this is a Lego. 
uh, just a tower of Lego. I have my Lego news radio set down here that is falling apart because I had is to that ship the it. Post? Is that the Thank post? you. Thank yes, you. I wanted to ask you about it. <laughs> was this as big a pain in the ass as they made it sound on the commentaries? Or was it just a convenience you just need it to break up a shot? What what was the function of this movable post for this you? Was all, this was all Roy Christopher's inspiration. That post, that's the only surviving. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, so when we first started, I mean, it, it was a big, wide set. Yeah. And one of the things Roy had brought in, wanted to do it, there's that post, but there was a whole beam header that was supported by that post. Okay. Um, that ran the length of, of the newsroom about sort of mid, mid stage. I, it would allow you to do a lot in terms of backing off and framing without running off the set mm -hmm. um i i loved it the sound department hated it hated it it was it was every damn week was uh, i i can't get in there you know we'd be staging oh, something upstage uh... and all you have to for those of you not familiar with how how the um the sound booms i had above there are things called green beds and so the 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 sound booming would come from above not off the floor mm -hmm. and they'd be trying to reach in to get dialogue and you know upstage so all right let's lose a piece of that that beam so we can get in i mean by the end wow. i forget how long it it was basically a lot of sawdust <laughs> it just it just kept getting truncated and cut and and the only thing left was the post. It's really funny. It is. That's amazing. It's just but, I love when it's in a you know it's somewhere else entirely in a different episode and it's like wow they really they're doing a lot of renovations at WNYX constantly. It's just oh, constantly with, moving. with moving it around, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I, re I remember Tom, Tom Sharonis would just have a fit at times. About <laughs> Move the damn post out of there. Put it over there. Um, I kind of wish it would have ended up in the booth at some point. Yeah, right. Just randomly <laughs> in a just room. Hey, you know, I, if, uh, if they, you never know. But it was, it was, it also was an effective prop at times. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, kind of isolate the area. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was great for posting notices mm -hmm. um, you know, smoking. right the smoke also what i have yeah. in here you can't see it too well but there's a samurai sword in there because yeah. at one point dave you know stabs yeah. a samurai sword into it so it's it's there for comedy it's a comedy post it's a comedy post it, it's just you know missing the rest of it's the rest of it all became sawdust so well, what was above which you, if you look at some of the early early i'd say i might even be I guess the first season, you might see a few shots that included the okay. beam. I'm going to have to look for that now. Okay. Uh, I remember Jimmy, because uh, Jimmy did some of the first episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He framed uh, some shots that, or we might have had a, a traveling shots where that wasn't, you'd have to see. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Basically, just the saws kept coming out. <laughs> did, uh, 
I have I I this is the stuff I'm fascinated with. Did you get to keep anything from the set? Although I do love your photos and I would love to see your photos, but did you do you have anything from the set, a prop or anything? No. No, no. nothing. No. Okay. Are you what I, is that? No, I I I did the first I did the first four mm -hmm. seasons and I I uh I'd left uh I did when after Phil was gone, I didn't return. Yeah. So I, mean, I you know, and so the set was still there. I mean, you you're not going to be walking away with stuff that, that uh, Yeah. So I, I wasn't there at the at the end. That's fair. I you know, that's one of the things that was, that was so much changeover to a lot of people I've interviewed, you know, it's the exact same thing. Like there was so much and I get it. I obviously understand that. That that makes sense. What what was your did you take um this is a period where I, I, I've met a lot of people from behind the scenes who took a lot of photos of, uh, of the show uh, in different ways. I know Dave was a big 3D photographer, yeah. and then some people transitioned to really, uh, you know, for the time, pretty good looking digital photos. Were you you an analog photographer, digital photographer, both at the time? I, I no, I think everything I shot then was on film. Okay. All film. So, yeah. That stuff would have to be uh, digitized. I, you know, digital back in those days was it was just coming in. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was pretty awful. It was right. crunchy. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, it, you know, I I did I did some I did a number of shows post news radio that that um, <laughs> became digital. I mean, mm -hmm. for example, I'll, I'll give you an. Becker. So we started. That was the uh, Dave Hackle show with uh, Ted Danson. Another great cast mm -hmm. um, and a lot of fun to work on. But we started that um, series on film, traditional four perf, thirty-five millimeter, negative, great-looking picture, and again. Uh, digital was starting to come in, so then the studio starting to pressure. Uh, how can we cut the costs? And I, I remember doing a, uh, a series of tests. To there's also something called three perf, where you essentially use less of the negative. Oh, instead of huh. a full frame pull down, it's and you, you can do a wider image. This mm -hmm. is when we started getting into 16 by nine. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the last season, I remember the last season of Becker became digital. <clears throat> and that was that was a uh, excuse my French, a bitch and a half to try to make <laughs> the show look exactly the same that you wouldn't notice. Oh right. The change right. In, yeah. in uh <clears throat> in what you were originating in the format. But even the color space is totally different in digital too, especially early digital. I don't care how high end. Well, early it is, digital. Right? Listen, I, I don't get me started. It, it was like <laughs> it, there was there was a period of close to uh, almost a almost a decade where uh, it it was it was serviceable. Yeah, you could da, 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 you, you could work, you could do workarounds, but it was. Mm. I really feel it took about 10 years where we got back to the kind of quality we were originating in with film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully, you know, a show like news radio was all was still film. 
Yeah. Do you? Okay, so I'm curious. This. Uh, so, how do I ask this? In a this is a weird thing to ask. <laughs> do you have? And if you don't, who does? Blueprints of the set. I want so badly to see a bird's eye because I can't picture the actual layout. And I'll, if I'm honest, a lot of this is because I want my news radio Lego set to be more accurate. But <laughs> but I really do want to know. I want a bird's eye of this. And I, who has those blueprints, Greg? You must know. You know, I'd have to, I'd have to go um, digging, Jason. There, mm -hmm. I, may, I may have... Um, uh, a, a set plan. I, I don't know. There's a lot of times you finish shows, you're moving on to the next thing and, and stuff. But I have, I might, I might, I'd have to look. Um, the other, Roy's gone, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Michael Gallenberg I took over from Roy mm -hmm. at some point. And I don't know. I, I have reached out to him too. Huh? I have reached out to him too. Um, yeah, because he's also got you know, like yourself, like a huge resume of amazing, insane things that everybody's seen and loves. Because I think he went yeah. on to the office eventually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, he did Superstore. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. Mike. I, I've seen Michael off and on. I mean, there's a few things we've worked on together, uh, post news radio. But I, I'm just throwing. Maybe you know, who, who knows? He might have. Yeah. Uh. uh what's called a plot plan sure it's just they're so deceptive this is the one thing like i've i think i saw that for cheers once because my other lego set is a cheers set um but i was i was just it's so deceptive the way they're laid out the way they're kind of angled out you don't picture that in your head your part of your job and obviously the director's job is to make it look livable or workable but I can't. But you you do make it sound like it's a. It was a very 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 big set. I've never gotten quite a concept of how large the real set was. For the news radio. the news radio set. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was it was a it was a walk. Yeah. It was yeah. a walk, which was great. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, I, I feel real fortunate in not only being able to have, have shot the show, but able to direct a few of the episodes. So mm -hmm. It was it was great. Um, it was a lot of. I mean, and, and back and forth. I mean, there were a lot of, it was not your traditional, as we've said, here's a door, here's a couch and uh, action. Right. <laughs> what What was your experience directing uh, before that? Or I'm, I'm curious had, about that. Well, I, I, I had done um, directing. I mean, I'd done some short films. I'd done commercials. I'd directed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, previously, uh, within this format, um, Family Matters, I've done a number of Family Matters. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm trying to pull up the three that, that you directed for News Radio. Um, and I apologize because I, for whatever reason, don't have them in my notes. I lost it. Where did it go? I see which three episodes. I don't know if you can pull it up, Alan. It's not pulling up on my phone. This is, an, this is annoying. My apologies. I wanted to know what three episodes you directed, and it doesn't want to show me. Well, one of them was one of my favorites, which was with. Uh, oh my ben, God, Ben Stiller. Mm -hmm. you, you did the traitor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come <laughs> yeah. on, that's such and, a good episode. Oh, so you. 
you you directed the episode that feels like dodgeball was inspired by i mean honestly. yeah it kind of does, <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly um yeah that was that was a that was a ball doing i mean yeah that was like herding cats mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to go into detail as to why or who who the most active cat well you've got or... look at who you've got to work with there i mean it's not only phil and 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 andy uh uh together but i i got ben stiller who was tremendous i mean and and uh um who else was came in on well, even Patton Oswalt had a small part of that. That had a small bit. That was yeah, but it was mostly with. I mean, I think uh, boy, we had we had a lot about uh, you know outtakes on that that episode. Bad. Yes. Did did you have a rapport with the actors as the DP? I don't even know what that relationship is like normally on a show like that. Uh, it it'll it'll vary depending upon your uh, your cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've, I've, I've actually had pretty damn decent relationships with with cast of, um, on almost all of the shows. I, yeah, well, we were, we were all in that same boat together, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was. Um, I, I can re- I can remember one, one. I I can't remember which episode. It might have been the first one I directed. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we all knew each other, but so I w- I was directing this episode. I remember one of the rehearsal days. Um, so we break for lunch, and everybody um, disappears for lunch. Um, but the cast, I mean, like Maura and 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 Phil, every Dave, it all went upstairs, and I I came up to join them for lunch. You know, to eat lunch and. Mm-hmm. It was like they were all they were all amazed that the directors never come and eat with us. Were <laughs> <laughs> there notes? Or, anyway, it was <laughs> they, they were all a little they were all a little taken aback that you know I came up to join them for lunch. That's really funny. Did they yeah. never do that, huh? That's really funny. Well, there's you know it, it's every. Every director has has a, a a different sort of approach, or they're kind of types. Mm-hmm. And mine is is much more observational. I I like to see what a cast member's bringing, and we'll start inventing from there. And there are others that you know this start here, end there, say this here. So um, how how comfortable they would be sitting down to lunch i don't know the impression i've always gotten is that phil hartman not only everybody obviously says anything you write for him he can make sound funny but i also get the impression that he takes direct he could take direction just like immediately and shift and know exactly what you wanted with whatever direction you gave him that's what that's the impression i get anyway that he could take direction like yeah. if if you felt he was doing it absolutely not the wrong way because it seems like he probably never did anything the wrong way but if he just he missed a beat that you had in your head a different way it felt like you know if you communicated to him he knew how to shift gears pretty quickly he would he, yes phil would try it out he would try you know how about this yeah he would try it out okay as opposed to there the, i rem, i can recall one again it might have been the first episode i, I directed there was a there was a uh, 
was doing some blocking and <laughs> Mora, bless her heart, she, 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 uh, she took, so she had some objection to what I was suggesting. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Said, well, don't you even want to try? I'm not doing that. And I think I remember at one point, Paul coming down and we went over this bit of business and, and Paul said, well, why wouldn't you try it? And then she did. Mm -hmm. so, mm. I, guess, I guess, you know, there's a, there's a limit, especially with that, with the, uh, directors that don't come in with, uh, you know, a train load of credits way behind, like a Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I, I don't recall anybody saying to Jimmy, uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> did, did you uh, express interest that you wanted to uh, direct some episodes or did somebody, did Paul or somebody just say, hey, Greg, you're directing this? <laughs> no, I, I I brought it up. I mean, it was something Great. I was I was I I enjoyed doing, and, and thought it, there were Jimmy was not going to continue with the uh, with the series, mm -hmm. and I can't remember I um, can't remember the first one I did. I don't think it was the first season. I think it was the second, possibly. But. Yeah, the first one you directed. Now that I have it up, uh, season two, ah. episode sixteen, "Houses of the Holy," one of the many, one of the many Led Zeppelin titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to, you had to bring out your Led Zeppelin albums to get the reference. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, all right. So this is the David Cro the the first David Cross episode where he plays a just a weird, creepy kid. Right, right. right. Kid in quotes. He's in his thirties at the now, time. We had a we had a, we had a, a, a Const the guest cast that would come in were, were tremendous. Yeah, There's a lot of variety there, mm -hmm. and inventiveness. Uh, were you the kind of uh, are you the kind of director who, in a sitcom, uh, does what apparently Mr. Burroughs is notorious for, which is just laughing out loud and being noticeably him? Like people spot him. People are good at spotting his his laugh. Are you? Willing to laugh out loud, you, you go. Well, along I'll laugh that. out loud. Sure, I don't know if I'm that distinctive in terms of. Oh, well, that's Heshon. Uh, no, I. I mean another another, I, I, another going back in 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 sitcom history that uh, in terms of a laugh is is uh, Jim Brooks who I right. worked with doing Tracy and I also did a a film with him um, and, uh, called Broadcast News, mm -hmm. Holly Hunter and. Uh, um, and Jim uh, Brooks was famous for a laugh. You can, you can go back to the Mary Tyler Moore's and hear him. Do you have an imitation of it ready? Do I? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ah! Yep. Yep. You know exactly what you're talking about when you do it. That's so good. I love it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a nice on a multicam though to know that you can laugh and it's not going to ruin the take, right? That's, That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're there. You're you're part of. You're part of the show. <sighs> I can I can I ask you a, a weird sideways one? Um, you you did a rap a rap music video. You did a, a music video for the band Rat. How did that come? Oh, about? you did your homework. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I watched it earlier. It was insane because, of course, it was. It was the eighties, but uh, yeah, eighty five. <laughs> yeah, was how it, did that come it, about? How did well? Um, <laughs> I'm just fascinated. How did that come about? That uh, I um, I've done some other 
videos. I mean, this was, you know, I also got involved at one point with MTV. When MTV was becoming, you know, this thing, I, I remember shooting a number of things actually on the East, in New York with them. But as far as I recall with Rat, I think I had, um, <laughs> this is great Hollywood stuff. I had a <laughs> girlfriend um, and she, uh, I think if I recall directly was producing this is past, I mean, you know, we had been together and then, but we were still in touch with each other and friendly. Uh, um, she was producing, I think, for Rat. Mm, okay. Mm. I believe so. And and then it, I think had called me to do this. And I had a um, another uh, good friend actually going back to uh, my days at uh, UCLA who did a lot of the set set or, or set what their set there was of that mm -hmm. yeah that was boy that was that was a that was a 72 hour plus i that was oh my god wow oh, it, it was a lot of hairspray could you breathe by the end of it no no <laughs> and you know and and you know and we were we were fogging the place up and <laughs> there was smoke and that it was uh it was a good thing i was really young i i probably wouldn't have survived uh yeah it was <laughs> it, it was it was fun to do but it, i i don't it was like you locked the doors and you couldn't come out until you were done uh-huh yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> smoke the whole pack guys use the whole thing of hairspray and then yeah. when you're done then you can leave and then if we run out go get some charcoal briquettes it won't matter oh god <laughs> Um, there's two other side things I wanted to ask you about, and we don't. If you don't have a story, never story is fine. You shot a bit on. You were a camera operator on Tron, and yes. DP of the second unit on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Holy shit! I mean, those are just two huge movies. Within oh right, they're only within six years of one another. What, what did you shoot on? Were you camera operator on all of Tron or bits and pieces of it? I uh, know all of it. We, Holy shit! For the, for the, oh. the it was all state, all the stage work we did. That, yeah, that part the of, cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, that was then went in through that whole process of turning it. Yes. Wow. And I think actually I was we used I had was that was all sixty five millimeter. I had one of the cameras I believe that had been used for Lawrence of Arabia. Wow, really? Yeah, that's nuts. Yes, holy cow! For the second unit on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, did any of the stuff you shot end up having animation plates thrown over it, or was it just other? Oh, like... Almost, almost all of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, the way we worked that film, which was was great. I mean, um, uh, I mean, it was a big undertaking uh, with no CGI. I mean, you know, yeah. we'd have we'd have a cutout Jessica and a, a you know, the characters for Eyeline, the things that, I mean, Bob Hoskins was amazing in terms of being able to do a scene looking at a non-existent character and you would believe that's exactly where his focus was because none of this, none of the animation would come in until later. Sure. Right. Um, that was all Dick Williams who was, uh, fantastic but so what way we worked it was essentially these two units is that dean 
Condi, who did the, the first unit, would would work with Bob Zemeckis, and they'd shoot that. And that during that time, I would be setting up another sequence somewhere else. Oh, wow. Whoa. So they would finish, and then you'd, you'd transport, let's say it was Bob uh, Hoskins over to what I'd set up. You'd shoot that piece, and then he'd go back to the other unit. So we were going back and forth uh, just because the logistics of... of you know, doing these setups was uh, pretty labor intensive. Wow. And, do you, you know, do you remember plan not only w what you're shooting live action, but then where all the animation's going to fit in? And yeah, do you and remember yeah, how I, everything I did? The second unit has some animation in it. At, at, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Do you remember, did that one uh, take longer than most of the other, like uh, something like Broadcast News or Who Framed Roger Robert take way longer because of that or? Roger? Well, oh, we, had pretty, I don't, we had a pretty healthy schedule for that uh, show. Good. Um, I don't remember the, the total length, but I, I, don't, I don't recall ever that, that we were so I don't recall ever being far behind. So the, the schedule was, it was a big production. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of, a lot of pre-production, not unlike, it's interesting, not unlike a lot of, of productions now where it is so important to do the pre-production plan. Sure. Get into the volume work now, the VR work that, you know, that's all, about planning it if you haven't had if you're not set on how it's going to be done when you're ready to shoot uh th that boat's sinking right you're not gonna you're so not the, gonna be able to fix it later. the exact opposite of news radio <clears throat> you could fly by the seat of your pants on that show apparently oh but that's the, <laughs> that's the climate we we set up yeah i mean yeah, was there planning yeah. yes there was planning sure sure but it was it was planning with with the with the kind of uh, foresight of saying, well, what if yeah. we're doing something here? That makes sense. So. Jen, did you have any questions? I apologize. Um, I mean, I did, but I think we covered most of them or just natural conversation brought them up, the answers up. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, how, how, Jen, how come you are in the ether and nobody else is? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why, we've never answered that on the show. Uh-uh. Guess we'll never know. Okay, that's fine. Okay, don't say Keep I didn't ask. Alive. Don't say I didn't ask. You're the really first care. person to ask. I feel. Yeah, like. thank that's you the first for that. <laughs> Greg, Greg pays attention. That's that's why we know he's a good DP. He pays attention. Well, uh, Greg, I do have to ask uh, uh, one big question. Bearing sure. in mind this is a uh, news radio podcast, what was the favorite show that you worked on? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Favorite favorite episode? No, just just a uh, uh, <laughs> show, just TV oh, a show, show in general. In yeah. Oh my god! No pressure. That's that's a. Uh, I, I mean, there's been so much variety and a lot of different ones. I mean, I. Uh, and for different reasons, they would be favorite. For example, like when I did with did star 80 i mean we're being able to work with fossey was oh, was mm -hmm. tremendous uh, being part of that whole process 
but as a favorite favorite show i mean there i i got i gotta say i've been thankful for for the ones i've i've been involved with i mean news radio being being one i mean working with um um ted doing that whole becker run mm -hmm. uh, julia louis dreyfus when we did old christine oh right oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Tremendous. another great cast um and a lot of inventiveness uh and, and i mentioned tracy with with her show back uh, back when Fox was just, I've I, I been a lot of uh, on the television end and even like you're, you're mentioning Roger Rabbit, what a great experience doing that. Mm -hmm. It was just a ball there. I still have people that have worked with me on that show, remembering bits and pieces of, so I, do I have a favorite? Uh, maybe the next one. That's fair. See, that's, that's how Perfect. you play it. That's a great Bring answer. <laughs> Uh, do you have Urkelbot's head laying around? I want to know, did you keep anything from any set? You must have something. You know, I don't, I don't have, I'm not, a, uh, I have a lot of stills. Sure. I've done that. Which is great. But memento things, not, uh, <laughs> you know, if you had the, if you thought, well, Urkelbot, who knew what was going to become... <laughs> You know, you've got your little miniature post. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. if somebody hit somewhere had that post mm -hmm. sitting in a room, how iconic would that be? I want it so badly. I more well, almost I, as much as I want Dave's door. Dave's door has been my fantasy, and I know that's weird, but I want Dave's door. Why is it weird? Because I, I, I think it's it means I have an obsession, an unhealthy obsession, Greg. When well, I started setting up this new office, welcome, when I realized well, it's it's a news radio museum now. That's what this room is. Welcome to show business because that's yeah, pretty yeah. much based on unhealthy obsessions. That's true. Um, by and large, I mean, you know, why why would any of us do what we do? This is uh, fair. Yeah. But uh, Greg, uh, I, honestly, well, I really appreciate this. This is. Yes, I'm sorry. So unless, did you have more questions, Alan? I apologize. I oh no, I, that was actually good. That was great. Okay, good. No, I loved it. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'm going to try and release this this week. Is there anything you want to promote? Is there anywhere people can find you, or do you want them to leave you the hell alone? Uh, well, both. Um, no, <laughs> I find me. I I've been working with it, so this whole you know. 21st century thing the website's being redone so mm -hmm. that's not available there is a, you know if we ever get through this damn pandemic thing there'll be um uh an exhibition of some of the still work that that i've done through the asc that's the oh wow american cinematography um american society of cinematographers awesome. uh, in Holly, that's in hollywood though mm -hmm. if we ever get through this pandemic you right know, this work right now um, and I, you know, other than that, um, whatever the next show is going to be. Yeah, of that. course. Yeah. Or if you, you know, more news radio, get, get those, get those, get those fans pushing to get the show properly transferred to. Uh, Thank you. See, I need to get you and Spider Chambers in a room because Spider has expressed the one thing. He's like, but all those effects were done in standard def. And I'm like, I know, but you know what? For Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation, yes, money. But they did redo all the special effects and they did a pretty damn good job. So there are options. Well, yeah, there, there's not, you can do anything. And I have actually been involved in, a, I can't remember exactly, 
where uh, something that was was compiled in standard def, mm -hmm. it, there's a, the ability now to up res. Sure. Do, so you never I, say never. I will say they did that with Perfect Strangers. Um, and Perfect Strangers, the, the transfer looks great. Some of the weird transitions, they left the standard def transitions in because I don't think they could figure out an up, a way to upscale them. So there's a hmm. few episodes that really threw me off. I'm like, wait, what did I just see? Other than that, though, they look beautiful. It's a beautiful looking show. I love Perfect Strangers, one of my favorite shows, too. That was, that, well, that, that was a lot of fun. I, I actually still am in touch with Mark Lynn Baker. Uh, oh, my God. When I'm in New York, we get together. Last time was sitting in a bar with Mark Lynn and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, after one of the, I forget one of the shows. That, that, oh my God. You just gave me chills. I'm sorry. My favorite year is also one of my favorite movies. So, I mean. Right? Yeah. What it's Dick Benjamin did with that, that, that phenomenal film. Oh, it's so damn Phenomenal good. film. So damn good. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're I, talking about everything. Yes. That's what? okay. I actually did think of one question. Please, please. Uh, um, do you uh do you have like um do you still do any film photography like like um oh for still shows? cameras no oh okay just photography yeah. photography oh sure yeah sure. do you have yeah. like a favorite camera ooh i have used uh and because i love the optics on it um uh my Canon uh, and their their lenses. I've been a big fan of uh, that for the film cameras. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I mean, I've worked in the, the medium format. And I've done a lot with the Hasselblad. You know, mm. I was going to ask, <clears throat> but digitally, actually, the the digital. I, I've gone back and forth at this time. It depends on the project, but I've also used. Uh, it's it's not the most up to date Canon digital if, if you wanted that plug <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the most recent Hasselblad body though that's like seven thousand dollars and 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 is the slowest camera you've ever seen but beautiful it's so gorgeous I, ha I haven't seen it but seven thousand I mean there are there are some out there that you could you could drop double that amount sure just, uh, sure that's yeah. frightening to me I mean don't get me wrong it's gorgeous this the what what can be done is is great but boy oh boy I love it um Greg, seriously, thank you so much for doing this. This was honestly my an honor. Very much. My pleasure. And, and congrats to you guys for, uh, you know, putting this show out there. I That's mean, a weird, weird we, show. we we were just kind of surprised the uh, uh, the fan base that we, we that people have reached out. So it's, it's I know great. Yeah. It, yeah, it's gratifying to know that there there are people out there that appreciate what this particular show was was all about. I mean, I even tomorrow I have a, a weekly Zoom meeting with a bunch of news radio nerds. We've been doing it every week through the pandemic. Um, I've missed a bunch of them, but every week they've been getting together. Um, it's insane. And discuss anything and everything. Anything, but usually filled with references to news radio. That's usually like ten people will use the word adequate, ironic, ironically, and you know it just <laughs> it becomes uh, just a big quote fest. And it's great. It's great. Although day. sometimes people. Good day, sir. <laughs> you'd fit right in i'm just saying you'd fit right in um oh jen what would you like to promote this week we should do our little promotions you weren't ready for that 
No. <laughs> you want me to come back to you? Alan, what do you want to promote this week? Oh, I'll just go back to class. Go go, uh, go watch Dolomite Is My Name on Netflix. Do it. And you'll, great in it. You'll see me, yeah. <laughs> Alan talks to Eddie Murphy. Come on. I never got to talk to Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Not yet, Jason. Not, Not yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm in Beverly Hills Cop 4 and uh, I play Judge Reinhold's annoying son... <laughs> That would I, be so good. I, I think they're starting up pre-production for that, Jason. So they get are. on it. Get yeah. on it, Dad. It's and me. You know the son. important the important thing is to put it out there. Exactly. Yep. Thank you. I mean, look, I'm in Detroit. There's no better place for it to start. I should at least I, they're shooting it all in LA. I've already seen it. They, they, I've seen where they're shooting. But anyway, um, Jen, do you want to promote something, or you need another minute? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to not to let uh, any anger issues I have about certain things going on in the world right now sure. seep into any bit. But sure. um, don't forget to stay safe out there. Yeah. Um, if you go out, and don't forget to keep other people safe with how you're doing your day today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, try and make somebody smile today. Especially, you know, Dad, I would think, considering the day that we are doing this. That is true. We are recording mm-hmm. this on the 20th anniversary of, of September 11th. So, yeah, this is a good day to remember that uh, giving somebody a smile, however, yeah. that introduce somebody to news radio who hasn't seen it. But pick a good one. Pick Sinking Ship. That's a weird one to start with. But pick a good episode. You Do know, something the, to make yourself smile, too. That's also fair. The, the, the trainer episode is also great if you want. The trainer episode is that, a yeah. very good episode. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Green Chuckle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Green Jason. Chuckle. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. about I promote something? Jason, yeah. What do you want to promote? <laughs> Nothing. It's fine. Just go listen to my other podcast. I got, I got a podcast called Comedy on Vinyl that has uh, been going for 10 years, and that ends in November. The final episode is, is super fun. I can't announce it yet, but it'll be worth it, so I, I promise. So go, go listen to that show. And then once that's over, then I'll probably find another podcast to to you know replace it because i have an unhealthy obsession again um comedy on vinyl 2 yeah exactly right what was the name i came up with some other thing i don't remember what it was really but it was horrible funny. bastardization of that yeah but it was good i don't remember what it was um well again greg <laughs> uh, for the 10th time thank you for doing the show my pleasure and i guess uh, my next my next uh, uh thing is to go get some headphones huh yeah <laughs> You're welcome back anytime, by the way. If you want to partic- yeah. pick a particular episode and, and, and talk about it and how it's going to look when uh, we get it, uh, you know, scanned to digital, then uh, yeah. then we'll do that. Um, well, there's just one thing left to say, right, Alan? That is catch you later, later cakes. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah! <laughs>